Right, here we are, episode 30, and what a treat we have for you all tonight. We are joined here by former England and Premier League player, Matt Jarvis. Good How evening. Good evening, Good Matt. Evening. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, uh, inside from the cold, so I'm all good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Now it's a pleasure to have you on tonight. Thank you. Yes. Go on. So, Tate, should we start us off? Yes. Yeah, so, if we um, like all our, when we have guests on the podcast, Matt, we'd like to start off with some quick fire questions just to ease you in and possibly find out some interesting facts about yourself and your footballing career. Okay. 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 So, Jack, you want to you want to start, start us off? Yeah, Matt. Before, well, you may still support. I don't know, but when you were growing up, what team did you support? What football side? I was uh, coming from Surrey. I was a Man United fan, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice and, nice and local. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, when you were growing up and you played, who was your footballing idol when you were playing as a kid? Um, I had I sort of my first sort of one was was Gary Lineker. Uh, purely and simply, it was um, just about the time that he just scored 48 goals for England and the VHS had just come out and that's something that I got for, as a present and I, it sort of stuck with me. But Ryan Giggs was my idol, um, you know, just similar position to me. The way he played was very similar to how I wanted to play. Uh, and I was extremely fortunate that I ended up playing against him quite a few times. So it was, yeah. it was great. Did you ever yeah. manage to get your shirt? That's the that, that's the only thing I never did. Um, to be fair, to be honest, I didn't really like swapping shirts. I felt I felt awkward. I felt weird, yeah, like yeah. asking yeah. people. I only ever swapped shirts with people like ex teammates or something because it wasn't that. I didn't want to go up to something. Like, oh, can I can I grab your shirt? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's all it was all a bit awkward. So mm. uh, I wish I wish I did to be honest because that that would have been great because he was my sort of idol growing up and then to be able to get get to play against him was was awesome. Yeah, nice. Uh, toughest defender you faced um, in a what, sort of 1v1 situation? What, who would you? Oh, there's so many. Um, yeah. But I, I just, I, I think he's probably the best defender, or the best, I'll go left back uh, to make yep. my life a little bit easier <laughs> yeah. uh, in, in the Premier League um, ever. And that's Ashley Cole. Yeah. Um, just a brilliant defender, but also the, the way that, he was always in a, a team that was always dominant possession, yeah. always attacking. So he was always going forward. So it was very hard to obviously get the other side of him because he had a brilliant engine, but a great defender and and obviously um, did very well. Yep. No, yep. Fantastic player, wasn't he? Um, if you could name your dream five-a-side team of the players that you've played with, you can include yourself in that one if you want to. Yeah, you can be sub. You can you can start wherever you wherever you fancy. <laughs> uh, dream five sides I've played with. Um, God, that's difficult. Um, goalkeepers, even goalkeepers is difficult. Um, I'd say Yussi Eskalainen in yeah. goal. I mean, I've played with some brilliant goalkeepers. I have to say, I've been very lucky. Um, but Yussi was when I went to West Ham. He was sort of so good. So good. I mean, he, he was great in the Premier League anyway, but he, he was really, really consistent, very professional. The way he mm -hmm. went about training and everything, he looked after himself. Uh, uh, and it was a great lad as well. But um, yeah, I'll go UC. And then, core, I'll be, he'll have to be very attacking, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've, I've played with some brilliant players. Um, I would say, core, that's so difficult. 
I can't even fit them all in because I'd have <laughs> I'd have like Wes Houlihan, James Madison, Joe Cole, Dimitri Payet. So yeah, decent, decent. You'd have a very good squad. <laughs> just just for that sort of like on the ball, yeah. like Joe Cole yeah. just loved yeah. five aside. So he would he would love to be in that. Um, I'd love to have one defender, I suppose, wouldn't I? But I think I'm outnumbered already there. <laughs> <laughs> I'd mm. chuck a like a, a James Collins in Ginge from West Ham because yeah. he, he would he would he he's he's a beast. You know, he yeah. he would be he would chuck his head at anything. Um, so I'll probably go him and then I, it would, they would have to fight it out to who's playing in that in that team. <laughs> yeah. Very uh, good. Great answer. Um, is it your one, Jack, or? Uh, I think I just asked that one, didn't I? Oh, no, it's you, sorry. Yeah, I'll go with, um, yeah, so now you're no longer uh, playing professionally. Uh, would you rather go for a round of golf or are you into a bit of a gym session? Oh, both, honestly. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I was one of them stupid footballers that, concentrated on football while I was playing so mm. I didn't really play golf so now I've got a massive bug for it yeah and I'm, bet is, yeah. I'm really into it but I love the gym the gym's been part of my life for the last 20 odd years um yeah. and I, I love both of it so it, it, that would be a, a very difficult one because I'd, yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd like both of them do you play all year round or are you a fair weather golfer or well I've only I've only just I'd say the last eight months I've started playing right. Um, and I have tried to play as much as possible. Um, so this week has been cancelled twice because of the weather. Yeah, so yeah. Gutted, it's been gutted. Shocker, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you were not a footballer, where do you think you would have ended up career path-wise, it, do you think? It, it would have definitely been in, in some sort of sport. I mean, I was one of them annoying people at school that I was pretty good at most sports. Mm-hmm. So I, I played county for football, county, I swam... I swam. I was Surrey champion four years on trot. I was cross country Surrey. I was uh, fifteen hundred and eight hundred meters. I did all of the oh yeah all everything sports, above. Um, and I and I and I loved it. Absolutely mm. loved it. That whole competitiveness, um, whether that was in a team, whether that was individually. I, I loved the training that went went with it. it just that whole scenario of. Mm-hmm. performing or or competing uh, I absolutely yeah. loved so it, it would have had to have been in, in something to do with sport because it was just such a massive massive part of my life yeah um, we did a bit of research we found out your, both your parents were British number one table tennis players so were you really is... could you charge your hand at that <laughs> uh, I probably wouldn't have been able to go as, as good as them but um, um, I, I, I'm all right you know give me a, a little practice I'm, I'm not too bad but no, yeah. nothing nothing compared to what they, they didn't really push me into table tennis to be fair <laughs> but uh, I love it love it great sport yeah cool. um, yes quite, could be a simple one favourite holiday destination um, again, it's it's a place that me and my wife absolutely love. Um, we've been fortunate to go a couple of times, and it's Barbados. Um, just I have that instant. You come out, you get off the aeroplane, you have that instant relaxation and yeah, chill. Yeah. Um, and it's it's the beaches are amazing. We managed to take our kids there um, not too long ago, and they just there's just something about it they they just were sat on the beach the whole time very chilled like just playing in the sand playing in the sea yeah there's just yeah that that's uh that would be that would be the place nice um would you rather score a solo goal or a long-range screamer 
Um, a solo goal, I think. Taking it past a few defenders and yeah, yeah, yeah taking taking players on, um, doing a few tricks or beating the keeper <laughs> like that. I think um, yeah. rather than long range screamer, never was really well. I had a few decent yeah, so, yeah, rangers, some but, good goals, yeah. but yeah, but yeah, a little jinky run would have been more up my street. Nice. Um, penultimate one. When you Friday night chilling out, would you rather a beer or you go for a glass of wine? Ooh, I'd start with a beer and then move on to a glass of wine. <laughs> yeah, fair um, uh, yeah, that that's hard. Uh, again, <laughs> depends depends where you're going and who you're with. Yeah, um, yeah. but I'd probably I'd probably start with a beer and then move yeah. on. <laughs> Can't have too many. <laughs> Perfect. And our final question: We get sent in some really random questions each week from our listeners, and our favourite one from last week was: Would you rather have the ability to speak five languages? Or if we'd rather be able to speak five languages or the ability to speak to any to all animals. Hmm. Yeah, Good it's one. a bit of a, <laughs> bit of a random one, yeah. Um I'm gonna say speak to animals purely yeah. and simply because <laughs> I could try and learn five uh, five uh, languages, but you're never gonna be able to learn to speak to animals. So <laughs> exactly, I'd go yeah. with that. <laughs> yeah. That was your no, reason, like wasn't it, Jack? Yeah, exactly. I'd- I was a bit hesitant, but yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. Be a bit no. Dr. Doolittle. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that completes all the quick fire questions. Um, before we get into the, the main bulk of the pod, we'll just start with the teaser. So every podcast, I set Jack a question at the beginning of the show. <clears throat> Football related, normally something the week before has happened or something like that. And then he's got the whole show to think of the answer. And at the end of the show, we reconvene and he gives me his best answer. Okay. Um, so this week, is about you, Matt. So you're you're more than welcome to help help Jack answer this question as well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Matt, in your career, you have played for both Wolves and West Ham, but can you name the two other players to have played for both clubs in the modern era? So the modern nice. era, I'm talking from 2000s to <clears throat> present day. So I can think of one. Yeah? I can think of. I think I can probably actually think of two. But definitely um, one. Yeah, I, I don't know if the second person, if you played with them or not. I d- um, don't know, but um, we'll, um, okay. we'll touch on that at the end of the show. Fine, we'll come back to it. But yeah, so yeah, if you don't mind, we'd like to start basically from the beginning. Uh, Matt, you've had over 400 appearances, professional appear- appearances, scored over 40 goals, but at all levels from Football League to Prem. Um, but we'd like to sort of go back to your professional start, if you like, um, and which is at Gillingham. Uh, where you made your debut professionally. So, yeah, just how it sort of come about and what drove you to there and got you to that stage. Well, actually, I was actually at Millwall, would you believe, for like six to seven years when I was a kid. Right. And I got I got released at 16, um, right. got told not good enough, um, which as Classic. a 16-year-old, 16-year-old kid is not particularly <laughs> nice. Uh, no, no one wants to hear you're not good enough. It's a... This particular time when you're at school doing all your GCSEs and everything, it was mm. it was really difficult. Um, and I had that initial thought of, do I just want to go and play locally with my mates, or, or do I want to sort of continue and try and play football? And mm. it 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 did it took me a couple of weeks. Um, and because I got told on the Saturday we had to all go in after a game and speak to them, and then straight away there was a Gillingham scout that was like you should come and play we've got a game tomorrow and I was like no <laughs> like I, c- I couldn't deal with it at that point 
Um, and luckily for me, he kept on at me. And about two weeks later, I went and started going training with him. Uh, and to be honest, I wasn't very good. Uh, my confidence had gone. Um, it really had. And mm. luck- luckily for me, they they saw something and offered me a contract. And, and the, the instant, as soon as I got it, it just it was like a light bulb moment in mm. my mind. And I, I just hit the ground running. Um, I made my debut at 17. So it was just electric. Um, mm. There's a night night game at home against Sunderland, who were the best team in the league. Um so what an experience to go in and and yeah, yeah. sort of make 17. the debut in the, seventeen in the championship. Going, it's only a year that I got released and told not good enough, and then I'm playing mm. in the championship. So it was just uh, an incredible turn of events. Yeah, and it, it just didn't stop after that. It was just an amazing experience and learning process. But for me, it was yeah. just continue to play and enjoy it. And I had a really good group of teammates that were. More, it was quite a few experienced pods that sort of took me under their wing and really helped me learn the game. Especially, you know, the you play in the youth team, you play in the reserves, but then when you get in the first team, it means a lot. You know, players mm. were like, yeah, you know, if you didn't win, you didn't get your win bonus. Your players weren't paying yeah, yeah. the mortgage. It was like, yeah, it was like a reality check. Um, but it was brilliant, great learning curve, and yeah, it, it was. It just went from from yeah, good to amazing, extremely yeah, quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, just a quick one. Like obviously, like you said, you're you're 17 years old. Did you like exactly what you're saying with the when you're joining that side and you're playing for them, it, it means a lot more. It means people are paying mortgages and bonuses and whatnot. But did you think at 17 I, I didn't belong here, or was you always ready to go out there and give it give it everything? To, to be honest, for me, it was all about just enjoying playing football. Of um, mm. you know, you, you mentioned about my mum and dad. I was very fortunate. My my parents had been in around sport, and they were very good um, with me as well as my brother and you know friends mm. and family. I was I was very grounded, very very much like work ethic and don't worry about anything else. Just you know contracts, money, whatever. Just worry about performing and in trying to improve and and getting better and. And for me, the, the thrill of picking the ball up, taking players on yeah. um, and lifting the crowd and you can sort of feel it yourself and the mm. crowd, you get the ball and the crowd, or they start getting off their feet, you can feel it. And it it's like an adrenaline. Um, yeah. And, and it, for me, it was just purely and simply about playing and trying to play every week, uh, trying to improve and, and to try and, you know, I suppose, entertain a little bit. Mm. Uh, but, Are you always a winger? Because... Always a right and left in field or...? Yeah, I think so. I was um, I was right footed, but mm. the position that came up in in at Gillingham was left wing because uh, it was a guy called Paul Shaw who played there, and they sort of played with three narrow midfielders, and Paul Shaw would play on the left and then drift in between, so he would sort of be like a bit of a number ten. Mm-hmm. And it just so happened that that position came up, and I just went and played left wing, but they then wanted me to play as a winger um, mm. and that that was it so I used yeah. to cut in a lot and just use my right foot but I then had to obviously adapt and learn and, and practice and then I was able to use both which is a massive massive string yeah, to my definitely, bow definitely mm. when you were in the team to start with were there other youngsters in the team or were you the youngest one by quite a way I was the youngest <laughs> one yes but the there was a few youngsters in like the year above or the years above so the mm. The, there was a there was a good blend of older and younger players that again helped me. Yeah. Um, you know, going in the team, I was I was still sort of a youth team player. 
but playing mm. in the first team. So I was still cleaning the manager's boots. I was still mm. having to having to clean up the changing rooms before, uh, after games and after training. Mm. But I was part of the first team squad. So it was, yeah. it was a strange scenario, but a brilliant, a brilliant atmosphere and a really good, like I said, good, good group of lads that really helped mm. me sort of get into the game um, yeah. at, at, the, at the big level. Yeah. You, you mentioned the manager there. Um, you played under him for four years, didn't you, at, the, at Gillingham, didn't you? How was he yeah. in your like to to work with and stuff? He he was you know as a as a player when I first sort of joined there he was player manager um, was and there's not there was not many player managers um, no. that, well that I've that I've ever played with um, mm. and he was the fittest guy you'd ever meet honestly it was unbelievable like pre season was literally he would just go, come on lads off you go and you just have to keep up with him and you just run away it was yeah, it was yeah. impressive. Yeah. But you're constantly then, you have to do well in training. You have yeah. to, because he's watching, he's involved, he's on your team or he's on the opposite team. So it was it was quite a, you know, um, an interesting situation to go in. But he was brilliant with me, uh, helped me. I still speak to him now because, um, you know, it was just uh, a, a great start in, in, in football for me with, mm. with him and uh, with his staff and, and just the, the whole process because he was manager for a few years and then he just he, then he got sacked as manager but he was still a player so it was a weird yeah, it was a combo strange I, one, yeah, yeah weird, I still weird I, I, I used to just still call him gaffer because yeah, yeah. that 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 was his name um you know I couldn't I yeah. couldn't call him by his I couldn't call him Andy yeah, yeah. it was uh it was just yeah. gaffer but mm. yeah it, it, he was great yeah um again similar to what you sort of already answered but when you entered that team, did you think, um, right, next level, I need to, I need to do this and this to get up to the championship or a bit higher in the championship than the Premier League, or would you just right need to sort my get myself into this team and go from there? Yeah, I think initially it was just you know I'd I'd, I'd have a I had a taster um, and mm. I was just desperate to to get back in and I say fortunately or unfortunately whatever you want to say we we got relegated at the end of my when I. At the end of the season, I played quite a fair bit that season. Mm. I don't know if it was the season before I made my debut, but we got relegated, and that was it was horrible, absolutely mm. horrible. Because basically, that whole team just disintegrated. You know, it was a completely different team the next year. Uh, again, really good group of lads, but that team that I sort of built a relationship with, see me come into, had, had disappeared. Um, but for me, then it was all about I was playing week in, week out in League One. Um, and I, I was, I played really well. I was in team of the year, and mm. ultimately, that's that's how and and where I got uh, got my move. Mm. So, talking of the move there to, to Wolves, how did that first come around? Did you did agent call you? Did you have an agent at the time, or they contact you directly, or did you believe it at yeah. first? <laughs> well, to be to be honest, there, there was quite a lot of talk in in a few windows previously. That again, I I, I had no. You know, I was only young, so I wasn't mm. really thinking about it. And like my dad was always saying, just don't worry about that. Whatever is going to happen or happen, you just concentrate on playing well. So mm. that was my whole mentality in, in it. And then uh, my contract was sort of up in the summer. So I, I didn't sign a new deal, um, but I was still under 24. So it was sort of like a compensation, uh, whoever was going to sign me. And there was a few mm. clubs interested. And then I remember, again, a funny story. Um, I was actually bags were packed. I was just about to go to the airport. I was going on a boys' holiday to my oh, nice. <laughs> um, and um, and I get a call from my agent at the time saying, "Look, 
I think that was on a Friday. And he said, right, Sunday, Mick McCarthy wants to meet you in Portugal. He's out there on holiday, but um, wants to meet you. I was like, wow, okay. So I said to my mate, sorry, guys. Yeah, sorry, lads. <laughs> um, but but I, went, I flew to Portugal, met him. He obviously told me why he wants to sign me, what he was trying to build at the club and if mm. I had any questions. And then for me, it was it was so easy. He's such a, he, he I would say he's my best manager I've ever worked mm. with. Um, just everything about him, the honesty, the his love for it, the, the way he's on the training pitch every day with you, the way he, for me, he's got that aura whenever he walks mm. into a room. You know, he he's quite a character, but he's very approachable from a player's perspective. Um, and he helped me tremendously in my whole career, but it was nowhere else I was ever going to sign after that meeting. Um, and I, I flew back, I went straight to Molyneux, got shown around and pretty much signed straight there and then really mm -hmm. uh, and then I actually I signed at the stadium I flew I got a lift to the airport with the club secretary and his wife and then we actually got on the same flight to Marbella and then I went one way <laughs> he went the other and I, and I met my Love mates it, it was yeah. incredible <laughs> absolutely incredible you still got to go on your holiday that's good yeah I had a few few a few nights left yeah <laughs> nice nice <laughs> uh, take, I don't know yeah just on yeah, so like you said about Mick McCarthy. Sorry, just quickly that, like you said, he was your. Do you reckon he was your favourite, your best, your best manager you played under? I, th I think so. Not you know, there's there's so many different qualities in all yes. different managers, but just for me personally, the way I developed under him, the way that's not just with him, like his coaching mm. staff, Terry Connor. I had he was brilliant with me. He used to take me out before training all the time and after mm. training to work on bits and pieces. The fitness coach there at the time was was Tony Daly, who was ex-England, Villa, Wolves, you know, was literally me mm. 20 years before. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, was, yeah. yeah. crazy. Um, just, just perfect for me. Um, so this this helped me um, develop as a player. But, but Mick was just, he was honest. That's the biggest compliment I can give him. He was honest. He would, even if, you know, he pulled you in on a Friday, we got the curly finger, so you were going in, going, Oh, Java, I'm not playing you tomorrow. <laughs> you're going to be on the bench. And I'd be like, oh, you're kidding me. Why? And he would explain why. And I go, I oh, don't agree, list this. And he goes, mm. like, I completely understand. But what I need you to do is to be ready um, to come on and change the game if we need you. And and you sort of come out of it going, yeah, I'm, an, I'm annoyed. I don't agree, mm. but I'm ready to to jump on uh, mm -hmm. if and when if and when needed. Uh, you know, a lot of managers now, they say, oh, I'm going to rest you today, but I'll play you on Tuesday. And you're like, yeah, right. And then not, they yeah. win They win on the Saturday and they go, oh, look, I can't change the team because the team's won. They're like, well, yeah, that's a load, that's load of rubbish, yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly, but, yeah. No. But, but Mick, was, Mick was brilliant like that. And, you know, as I said, he was on the training pitch all the time. You know, he put in the hard yards. He he knew what he was talking about. And and I, I had a lot of respect for him. And he mm -hmm. he he knew everybody's name. You know, you go when he left Wolves, like this sums him up. You know, he spent the whole day going around everyone at the training ground, shaking everyone's hand, knew everyone's name, saying goodbye, then went over to the stadium, knew everyone in the ticket office, behind the scenes, everywhere, just mm. go around. That that's just the person he was. Yeah, right. good. So you signed for Wolves in 2007 in the Championship, and you were there for two years, uh, or playing in the Championship before they got promoted in the Premier League. How was that like, knowing you were going to become a Premier League player that summer? Were you really excited, a bit nervous? Were you worried that nah. they might sign someone, or were you just absolutely buzzing to get in there? 
I mean, there's a lot of things in that where you've just said <laughs> yes, yes to probably all of it. I was absolutely buzzing. You know, that that's that's the dream. That's what you work yeah. for. And that season in the championship, there was there's not many things better than that. I know mm. you want to win the Premier League, but winning every week pretty much in the mm. championship, riding that wave of just enjoyment, you know, going, if we go a goal down, we know we were going to come back and win. Uh, the team spirit was amazing. The, the group of lads were brilliant. Um, you know, the fans were able to enjoy it. And then winning the championship was just incredible. Mm. Um and the chairman paid for 13 of us to go to Vegas, which was even <laughs> better. Memorable um, trip was that? <laughs> it it yeah. was, although he did tell us after everyone had already booked their summer holidays, he told us like the last day. And we were like, oh, but yeah, we managed to move yeah, a few I'm sure, yeah. around. <laughs> I think you'd have been all right. <laughs> exactly. Did Mick McCarthy but, go on the trip? No, it's gone. But, but, that that summer you just like you say you 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 don't want people to come in and sign to go in your position because mm. you want to play you've you've earned the right i feel to to play yeah, as you've definitely. got promoted uh but for me it was all about excitement just buzzing to yeah. be in the premier league and test yourself against the best players in the world and that was that was me all over that's all i wanted to do um mm. and i sort of i feel like i hit the ground running the premier league i felt at home there um my performances probably showed that um mm. and you know the, the biggest difference i suppose from the championship to the premier league is the easiest way to describe it is in the championship you get less time on the ball but it's easier to do something with mm. whereas in the premier league you get a bit more i don't know a bit more respect a bit more i don't know you get more time mm. to have a touch maybe rather than someone just coming straight you get a bit more time have a touch turn but then actually trying to take someone on, you knock it down the line, they're quicker, they're stronger, They you cut inside to shoot, they get there, they're sharper, they stand off a little bit, so you think you've got a bit of time and then they, they close it down. It's it's just harder to do something with. And the biggest thing is you get punished. Um, one one shot, one goal, that, that's the Premier League, whereas in the yeah. Championship, you can you can get away with a few, um, you know, a few little mistakes here and you mm. don't get as punished, but yeah. absolutely loved it. It was the best, you know, it's the best league in the world. Yeah. Um, so you, like you said that they just touched on when you were in the Premier League what was your favourite or the toughest stadium you went to away or maybe a bit in awe of when you maybe at Anfield or in Old Trafford or were you, were you ever in awe of, a, of an intimidating crowd or anything like that no I was never in awe um, absolutely loved every single minute of it I think that uh, I had a really, always had a really good game at Old Trafford and Anfield to be fair which is the two that you really want to anyway but mm. um but for me, I remember it was our first year. It was a, like, it was a bit of a reality check. Um, first, I think I can't remember what game it was. It was very early on when we went into the to the Prem and we played Chelsea away at Stamford Bridge, and we got pumped. Mm-hmm. And it was like it was like wow. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're closing players down, and they were just going bop, bop, bop around yeah. you, and you're like you you couldn't get close to anyone, and you were like oh yeah. wow, this is the standard. <laughs> um, but it didn't like put you off or anything it was just yeah. like okay we're going to need to go. raise our game again because yeah. the, yeah. these boys are a, you know it's, it's a different level um so that was quite a, a good learning curve very early on yeah was that the team of like Lampards your Drogba's your Balak's Essien's Terry yeah, Cavallio it was William Hazard uh, Oscar yeah. wow. you know matter one matter oh god yeah. you couldn't get close <laughs> to them you couldn't get yeah. close to them it was a joke how did they 
just a spur of moment one, but how do they? So, uh, Mick McCarthy, for example, you're leaning to Chelsea. What What does he tell you? Does he just go, they're all incredible? <laughs> You've got to be as good as you can be, or like, how do you, how do you well, lead you, up to you, that? Well, you obviously know all their players, you're trying to combat how you're going to stop them. Um, mm. And then you're looking at set pieces as as an option to try and get yourself a goal, but it's so hard. You you know yeah. you can try and combat and, and say right on the we're going to try and stop Ashley Cole going forward, but then mm-hmm. on the other side you you've got Asbelaqueta or you've got whoever playing right back that's going to be flying up that side. So it's, it's yeah. very difficult, but yeah. it was it's enjoyable at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know you 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 got to pinch yourself going. We are playing in the Premier League and yeah playing against these top players so you can't be going in there and going into your shell you've got to mm-hmm. go and embrace it and, and enjoy it as much as you possibly can yeah definitely Tate do you want to mention our editor Josh's couple of questions you know we just sort of touched on them he asked um, our editor Josh who does all our edits and our graphics and everything that was his question um, about the Tucker Stadium yeah. um, just going on there so where is it where are my notes here <clears throat> so Touch you, you've got into the 2011 2012 season, um, was when you scored your most goals in the Premier League, but it's also 2011 was when you got your England call up as well, wasn't it? Mike, that is correct, yes, you are correct. Um, how did that all come about? Were you expecting um, it, or yeah, just so lead us through that story? Uh, never really expecting it, you're hoping, but I was in mm. the preliminary squads for the last for the two before that I got called up, so I knew I was close. Um, and I was playing really well. Um, you know, the, the, the problem I had is I was playing at Wolves where we were fighting relegation uh, and the other players that were in my position are all playing in the Champions League. Yeah, yeah. So they're top, top players. You know, it's very difficult to to move any of them out because they're all playing at top clubs. They're all fantastic players. So it, it, it was always going to be difficult. But mm. at the same time, I was playing really well. Um, of scoring goals uh, and funny enough that's that is how it all came about because we played Aston Villa away on the early kickoff on the Saturday I think it was and we won 1-0 and I scored and that basically when when I then on the Sunday evening uh, I then found out I got a text message from the FA which I thought was a wind up hmm. um, and then had a call to say look it's not a wind up yeah um, yeah once, once I found out, I then went when I first got there. Uh, I met Fabio Capello as soon as I walked in the door, and he he was like, "Oh, like I won't do any impressions of him." <laughs> but he was like, he, he just said, "Oh, look, are you pleased to be here?" I was like, oh, "I'm absolutely delighted." And he yeah, goes, "Oh, yeah. that 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 goal against Villa that that got you in. You were close, but that goal got you in." And I was like, mm. "Wow, you know, that's mm. that's quite big a big moment." Yeah, yeah, quite a big moment. But at the time, you'd have put, not thought nothing of it, but. You score a goal, you score a goal. You didn't know that's how much it meant, that goal. If that hits the post or whatever, then you never know. Exactly, yeah. That's incredible. And that you became yeah. the first Wolves player to play for England since Steve Ball in 1990. Did, did Wolves do anything for you? Did they give you a, a plaque or something like that? Or, I don't know, did they? Yeah. <laughs> no, but look, that, what, the whole Wolves community, family, even the media team, you know, everyone was, was so pleased to me and I, I, there's so many people that went to that game because they were Wolves fans just mm. to see me see mm. me play so it was just an incredible experience to to share it with everyone and and you know I've got such a really good relationship with the Wolves fans um, 
and I still do now. Um, and that's all, you know, it, it works both ways that I, I obviously need to play well and do well, but mm. they've supported me and they, they go to all of, they went to all of these games. They went to England just to watch me, um, which was, is absolutely amazing. Uh, yeah. So yeah, they, I didn't get a plaque, but I've got some amazing memories. Yeah, definitely. Just on the, when you went to England camp, did you feel similar to when you maybe started your professional debut or uh, got into the Prem? Did you think you're playing with Wilshire and Dafar and players like this? You think, bloody hell, like this is a, another huge step up? Or again, was you ready to. Oh, I don't know if you're ever ready for that when you're going into the yeah. England squad. That was, is quite an amazing, it, the only sort of in that era, the only one that wasn't there was um, Gerard because he was injured, right. but, you know, like Lampard. Terry, yeah. Rooney, them boys were were all there. Yeah, um, yeah. so it was it, it was just it was just amazing. Um, but you, once you're on the training field, it's it's just different. I know it sounds very cliche, but once you are just playing football, you are just playing football rather than mm. you know. Yeah. Then, but you know, before of it, it was like the first day at school when I was going into the like the, the canteen or or to go and have lunch. You know, sit there. Yeah, you know, yeah. Where am I? Where am I? Where am I going to sit? Everyone knows each other. You know, I don't, I, I'm not teammates with any of them. They're all like, you know, all know each other because from the same team or they, you know, mm. just, I, I didn't know anyone. So it was a mm. bit like, oh, but they were, <laughs> they were great. They were, yeah. they were really good. Um, And obviously once you're then training and you, 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 you sort of have that respect, I suppose, that mm-hmm. everyone's on the same, same playing yeah. field. Yeah. You're all there for the same reason. Aren't you all been picked. So yeah, fair enough. Definitely. It's a really, it hey. a really proud moment for you. Um, I'm sure you've still got your shirt hung up somewhere. Is it somewhere special? Yeah, and your cap as well. Is like safe place. Like... They certain, they certainly are. Yeah, it's it, it's a safe, proud moment. It's the pinnacle. It's absolutely mm-hmm. the pinnacle. Uh, it's you know, it's dreams come true sort of thing. As a kid, everyone wants to play for their country, and I've managed to do it. I remember. Uh, I still know and feel that that feeling of you know getting waved back. By one of the staff mm. and yeah. sprint, sprinting. <laughs> um, shirt was off, like yeah, yeah, going yeah. On, just ready, ready to go. Um, <laughs> and I remember just standing there, just looking, and my number comes up. Wiltshire comes off, and like sort of like shaking his hand, walking on pitch, and just for that split moment, going, "I've done it. I've, yeah, I've, yeah. I've played. I've, 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 I've done it. I've played for my country. No one's ever mm. going to be able to take this away from me. Uh, this is just the most amazing." And then. You're in, then you're in. Yeah, yeah. I managed to get. You're playing football again, touches. aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, and then I got a couple of early touches, and and it and it went, and then it just it then it just flies by. But that initial moment, yeah, it was just just what dreams are made of is amazing. Yeah. Um, and yes, I still have my hat. I yeah. Proper. We might have on tonight, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I've, I've got uh, like, and funny enough, the 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 game finished one all, and Azamo Jean scored uh, for Ghana. And the kit man, um, who was a Wolves fan at the time, uh, got me as a Mojan shirt. I didn't know he got me it uh, after the game. So I've got my shirt signed by all the lads and as a Mojan shirt. Nice. Uh, so it's uh, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, nice. Uh, tell you um, any anything regarding England? Yes, yeah, so I want to touch on a couple of things. Just um, so in your, in the team you probably played with for England, Ashley Young and James Milner were obviously in that team, and they were they're still playing now. Um, did you notice anything training with them that that you could see their careers would be really like longevity into their late late thirties, or they're just ultimate professionals? Um, yeah, I think ultimate professional is it, you know I take my hat off to them both. Um, 
unfortunately for me, injuries, they may play a massive factor. Um, mm. I missed a bit of football. Obviously, don't go wrong, they probably had injuries, but it's the longer ones that when you have surgeries and stuff that mm-hmm. just yeah. takes it out of your body a little bit. But at the same time, they, they've worked at it. They've kept themselves in incredible shape. Um, ultimate professionals, as you say. Um, so, brilliant, brilliant players. Um, and you know, to still be going now is 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 yeah. absolutely at, at the top level as well. Is is, yeah. is fantastic. Well, don't worry about the injuries. I've I've had plenty of knee injuries myself, so <laughs> I know exactly how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> um. So obviously, after that season at Wolves, um, playing for England, you then moved on to West Ham in that summer. Um, how did that all come about? Um, did they contact you? Did they want to go, or did you want to leave, or what was? How, how did that all come apart? Well, unfortunately, um, Wolves we got relegated, mm-hmm. um, and you know, for me, I just got myself in the England squad. I was playing really well. I uh, wanted to get back in the England squad, um, and I felt that I could only really do that by playing in the Premier League. Um, as I said, I done. I played really well. Um, I I think that season I scored, I put the most crosses at, and most accurate crosses in in Europe that season. Um, and then when you get the opportunity to go to a, another club in the Premier League, I, I couldn't really turn it down. No. So that I, I knew that they'd had a couple of bids that had been rejected, um, and then it was getting very close to the end of the window, and I knew that this was my sort of last shot to to go and play in the Premier League mm. at that at that moment. And um so I, I sort of had to take it. Um well I sort of had to, I was I was delighted to take it. Yeah of course. Yeah. Um but it's obviously very difficult with with Wolves because I absolutely loved my time there. It was nothing to do with the, the fans, the club or or teammates or anything. It was just purely and simply for me I needed to play in the Premier League to to try and get back in the England squad. And to obviously I, I, I felt like I'd had played well enough to, to warrant playing in the Premier League. Definitely. Yeah. You had a pretty good squad for West Ham, didn't you, that year? Or the, when you played for them, you had, like you had said earlier about the five-side team, you named four or five very, very good players. But yeah, you had likes of Pyatt, didn't you, and things like that. So, Joe was it like Cole. playing with them? Yeah, Joe uh, Amazing. I think the, the first, the, the season I, when I first went there, you know, for a side that had just been promoted by the playoffs, we finished 10th. Um, which is an incredible achievement um, in in itself. And I think we finished 10th, 13th, 12th in the first three years back in the Premier League. And as you said, the, the team was was really strong, really strong. Um, you had a really good sort of baseline and backbone of, of the team core. And then each sort of window, there was a few little players that come in that just add to that. Um, but it was all still the core group was mm. was very strong. You had the likes of Kevin Nolan that was the captain at the time. Then Mark Noble was was obviously there as well. You had mm. James Collins who I mentioned Winston Reed at the back. Them two were colossal. Um, yeah, yeah. Really good, really good. Um and then oh, Andy Carroll obviously signed. Um it was just really strong. And then obviously you mentioned them you had Stuart Downing then come as well. Joe Cole was there. Yeah. You know, some really creative, yeah. um, enjoyable players to, to play with. Yeah, because we have a lot of, we have a lot, sorry, sorry we have a lot of uh, West Ham listeners and friends and family and things like that. So, um, 
just quickly on, oh, not quickly, but on West Ham, you um obviously played at Upton Park, bowling ground, as they like to call it. Um, for them that are listening, what what is it like? What is the Upton Park when it's up on its feet and, and roaring? What's it like? When it's up on its feet and roaring, wow, it's it's amazing. Um, mm. Gives you them tingles down yeah. the back of your spine. It was it it was electric. It really was because you're it's one of them stadiums you you're so close to the fans yeah. all the time. And like for me, I always, I was always, obviously, always playing wide, taking the free kicks, taking the corners. So you're, you're in amongst them. Yeah. Um, yeah so yeah. when it, when it, when it's rocking, it's, it's some place to be. I've played well, there about- obviously as, as an opposing player. Yes. And, um, and uh, a home player, and both yeah. are, are very, <laughs> very. Like I say, what's it, what's it like on the other, other side of it when you're. If you're having a bad game, or like you said, if you're travelling there with wolves, I bet it's a hostile atmosphere. Yeah, definitely. But that's that's the whole point. I think that's mm. that's what um, you know fans want it to be. If you're if you're in the away team, you want to feel that. But you want to have yeah. the advantage onto the home team. Uh, obviously, when it's not going so well as the home team, and the fans you know make themselves heard, it's yeah. also more difficult yeah 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 that that that's part and parcel of of playing um for West Ham and, and playing in the Premier League yeah perfect um I just crashed there Jack I don't know if you noticed or anything yeah there's a little I think, there's a little I, think pitch, it, but... I think it looks all right <laughs> I think you're all good um I don't know if you touched on it while I was away but um Sam Allardyce was your manager am I correct at, um at West Ham that um, how great. did he how did he compare or differ to Mick McCarthy or the other managers you played with throughout your career? So Sam was uh, yeah the best way to describe him he's he was a he was a very old school manager but was way ahead of his time on the mm. you know statistics and analysis and the you know the G- GPS best and everything about that and even like psychologists and that sort of stuff he was like way beyond his years on that. Uh, with the sort of maybe more old school managing type of uh, on the training field and and you could potentially say tactically, but you always, as a player, you always knew where you stood with him in, in the sense mm. that you knew your role and responsibility. You knew where you were supposed to be on the pitch. He worked a lot on set pieces. So that was like, you knew where you had to be and what you had to do in that specific routine or corner or free kick so it was it was very much worked on but at the same time he had that like the first sort of one of the first meetings I went into with him once I'd signed was it was a whole team meeting and he broke the season up because like bearing in mind it's the first season back in the Premier League he broke the season up and was like right for we want to finish 10th that was that was the aim Hmm. So to, to finish temp, you need to win this many games, this many losses, this many draws. You need to score this many goals on average over the last 20 years. Hmm. That's that's what you need. And then he was like, right, so we're going to break the season up into eight games format. So the first eight games, we were like, right, we think we could get 10 points from the first eight eight games. We, we played the eight games. I think we got 14 and then you review it and you go, right, that was brilliant. That was good. That wasn't so good. That was it. And then you sort of, okay, that's done. And you move that mm. and then you've got your, your next eight games. And it worked really well because if you were having on a more difficult run mm. and you were like, you lost four on the spin or something, you could have two in one section, you knew, yeah, two, exactly. two in the other. And you could sort of try and compartmentalize mm. that and go, that's gone. 
now we're, we've, you know, we lost two on the spin now, but we can get back into it and do this. And we're still on course to get, you know, eight points out of this eight games, you know, that, that sort of thing. Um, so he, obviously a different, was, sorry, a different, very different way to manage. Is that something you sort of enjoyed or you thrived off or was it just a very different way and you, you got on with it? Look, for me, I, I, as long as I knew what I was doing, I, I mm. didn't mind it at all. I didn't, mm. I, I was quite, I quite like to be, to know what I was, you know, as much as I like to do, if you're taking players on, it's a lot of it is a mm. bit more off the cuff and stuff like that. But if you're if you're playing in a team and everyone knows that if I was going to go down the line and I'd got past my fullback, where my crosses were supposed to go, they could all get into the right positions. And if I was cutting back again, they all knew where the ball was going to go, so everyone yeah. made that right run. So mm. for me, it made simplified a little bit of my my job because if I if I did go past the fullback, I knew I had three areas to hit the ball. And that's because mm. he told me you go there, there or there. And the, mm. the players that were running into the box and made sure that they made them areas. So it it, it sort of yeah. made made life a little simplified bit it, yeah. simplified it for me to know, right, you do that. Okay, fine. I can do that. Yeah. So that 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 side of things worked well. Mm. Nice. Perfect. You mentioned earlier that you'd obviously Mark Noble was the vice captain at the time. Do you think was he a really good influence in that team in that squad? Could you see him growing to be like Mr. West Ham and have that long career at West Ham for 16, 17 years, however long he was there? Could you see that? Was he was only ever born to play for West Ham? He was he was Mr. West Ham from the first moment I went in. Yeah. Um you could see that probably from years before already. Um he you know, he he's his own person, but at the same time he's He's learned from fantastic people before him. You know, if you even just look at the managers that he worked with at West Ham, the players that have been there at West Ham, and then obviously more recent when I was there, you had Kev Nolan as the as the captain. You know, it's a great person to learn off and and use his experience, and then he's obviously taken that mantle on. And and as I said, he's his own person, but he's he's learned off some fantastic people, and he's obviously a very good player as well, yeah. um, which which helps. So. You know, incredible player, incredible person, and Mr. West Ham indeed. And you know, it's great to see him back in a role yeah. at the club as well. Yep. Yeah. Do you there think you him him not being there this season as a player could have any sort of influence on why West Ham maybe struggled a bit this year? Is that I, a thing I, that you I, would have noticed in in teams? Yeah, I I think so. Is you know, even if you look at the last year, year and a half, he didn't play as much as he, he used to. Mm. Uh, but he was inv- invaluable um, in in around the training ground in in the team on a Saturday, being in the changing room. You look when he's come on in games. You know everything just is a bit more calm, a bit more assured. Um, mm. I think you know that they, they just having that experience in the change rooms to calm everyone down, or even to liven everyone up, or mm. or even to just being that link between the players and the management. Um, I think he's. He's definitely missed. Um, don't get me wrong. I think Declan Rice is absolutely incredible, and I think he's he's taken that captain's armband on brilliantly. Um, mm. I think he's grown in stature. He walks onto the pitch, his frame's bigger. You know, he's taken that 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 captain on and 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 really really taken off. I I think he's been he's been standout player since he's got in the team really, and 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 still has this season. When you're 
you were saying there about Mark Noble and obviously in his late stages, but did you notice a change for yourself when you, you got a bit older? You, you maybe knew a lot more than maybe the younger guys and you tried to be that sort of figurehead, if you like? 100%. 100%. Um, you know, as a, as a youngster, you, all the older players are trying to help you and do that, but you're like, nah, it's yeah. fine. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> but, 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 but you do. You, you want to try and help because you, you can learn and you can relate to, you know, if a wide player is coming up as a youngster and, and you'd be like, oh, yeah, like maybe you should try doing this or when you see mm. this, maybe try and do this. But you're just because you've, you've done it, you've lived it and you, you've, mm. you've, you've got that experience. So you're trying to help these players and, even if it's nothing to do with football, you know, you, you just try and be that, you know, um, what's the word? Mentor. Le- yeah, I suppose. leader. Yeah, but, yeah, exactly yeah. that. Just yeah. To, and, I, and I definitely feel like, I, especially when I was at Norwich, um, uh, I started like a house on fire there, but then mm. I unfortunately had a fair few injuries. But even with the injuries, because I wasn't playing, I was trying to help the youngsters that were there. And I did become that mentor for them, even though it was... Mm extremely difficult time for me yeah i was still trying to help um a lot of the younger players and i still speak to a lot of them younger players now that that are even still at a club or have left and, and uh, have gone to other clubs yeah um during yeah. your end of um, west ham um allardyce was was sacked wasn't he and um Stephen Bilic came in what how as a as a player how are sacking the sort of fed down to players do you find out on Sky Sports News like the rest of us or do you briefed a couple of hours before or what happens I've experienced probably quite a lot of it in, in the sense that I've, I've, I've experienced seeing it on Sky I've experienced getting like a, a little heads up by the players WhatsApp group I've experienced mm. it from the manager just telling you as a, as a group um, yeah all sorts yeah. Also, but the thing is, is it's really difficult because it's not like it, there's nothing there's no other job really that that sort of yeah you're literally you're literally you're in there someone's been sacked and then someone comes straight in and it's just mm. got to act like nothing's happened yeah. and just crack exactly. on there's there's no you know you can't be doing anything you just got to go straight away right yeah. new managers comes in new thing right learn all that carry on do your best you mm. can and, and away you go um it's quite brutal but it's just yeah that's, that's the way it is mm. hmm yeah, I'm talking about managers, but I mean, Tate, you might have be asking this one, but in the current crop of managers, is there anyone you think, oh, I'd love to have played with under him or I wish I'd have been taught by him? But there's there's so many yeah, different it's... like aspects of managers that I would love. You know, I'd love to have learned um, knowledge and game sort of management as players and developed under Pep because I think he he improves every player that he he manages I think he's mm. so detailed and mm. but I think it must be quite tiring mentally and fatiguing but he would definitely improve me as a player because you, you'd learn so much from him I would take stuff from Klopp which I think that's that enthusiasm the you 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 look like you just love to play for him you know I think he's got that player mm. you know, keeps keeps it as, as that tight-knit group I think is great and and to be honest I look at like even Ten Hag now I really love that disciplinary um, I, 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 I think that's really important for me yeah. um, I was never <laughs> I say never uh, I would <laughs> never never want to be late you know with the fines and I just mm. I found I found that side of things the, the strictness and I 
think that's very important. So definitely. that that would that would definitely be something that I would um, I would take note of and, and and like as from a manager. Were you ever talking about fines? Were you ever stung bad? Did you ever whether might have been turn up late or forget whatever? Or were you a stickler? Oh, I was a, yeah, I was a stickler. Um, hmm. I did I didn't like giving money away to be honest. Um, <laughs> but it but it was always it was always worthwhile if it did happen because the Christmas dues were pretty good yeah. and that was from all of the fine money. So <laughs> good night out, I suppose. It certainly was. Speaking of, of managers, is that ever something you've ever considered, ever done any badges, or as you've always just stayed clear of that? Um, no, I've done my badges. Um, I just, I don't know. I think maybe I, maybe now it's probably different, but when I first sort of finished, I think it might have been a bit too too quick, too fresh, because I would have, mm. I think I would, if I would have gone into it, I'd be like getting a bit, maybe a bit frustrated and be like, oh, I could just do this myself. Why mm. have I stopped playing? Um but I'd never say never, but at the moment I'm loving doing the media and the punditry side of things. Yeah. still being involved in the game and, and being able to watch. And I st- I've got like an ambassador role at West Ham where I'm there every home game doing, you know, in the lounges and stuff. It's, it's just nice to still be involved that way rather than that, you know, the, the being the manager. I think I, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure that's me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's not me just yet. I don't think if if ever. Yeah, maybe fitting some golf in around your ambassador role. <laughs> exactly. Bit, bit where, where am I going to fit this? Like... Yeah, where am I going to fit all that in? <laughs> uh, it seems a pretty stressful role, um, uh, a football manager, to be honest. Yeah, I think so. It's twenty four seven. You mm. can't. Yeah, you yeah, it has to be because you, you you know you don't have long enough, unfortunately. If 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 you don't. Yeah, exactly. And if it's going wrong, they. They look to the manager, don't they? Don't sack twenty players and change yeah. It's the manager. I think for me, I think for me as well. I've done, I've done so much traveling. I've done so mm. much, you know, moving here, there, and everywhere. I, I, and management, you've got to go where the jobs are. Mm. And mm. I think at the moment, I, I've got a young family. I don't really, don't really want to move. <laughs> no, so you're fine. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so, um. After you left West Ham, you then moved to Norwich um, City on, on loan to start, wasn't it? And it was made permanent uh, later on. That's right. Um, how did that come about? Was because it was Billich as a manager at West Ham, and then did you move? Then you moved to Norwich Premier League club still, wasn't it? That's right. Um, yeah, I Sam Billich had come in because some of us had, had left at the end of the season before, but we we were in the Europa League um, qualifying stages, and I didn't play as much the year before. Um, under Sam because he changed the formation and didn't play with any wide players at that point uh, so the ones that had been playing most of the season had sort of the summer off and the ones that hadn't were called in early to play these uh, qualifying stages mm. games so I came in and yeah was ready to roll so I played well in the Europa League games Stavon Bilic had obviously just come in was overseeing it didn't necessarily take it right from the start but was was overseeing it and then sort of took over. Uh, and I played in all of the first sort of four or five games in the Premier League. Um, mm. And I had a really good relationship. I thought his training sessions were great. I really enjoyed them. Uh, him as a manager was really good. Um, we had an open discussion quite a few times. He was saying that he didn't want me to leave because as he, as I, as he said, as he showed me that I was playing in all of the games. Mm. But for me... I found it really difficult the season before. I only played or appeared 11 times the season before. 
I was on the bench for the rest of the rest of the season. And yeah, you know, I just I found it very difficult. I couldn't I wasn't one of them players that could just sit. Mm. You know, yeah, and, of course you play. want to play, don't you? Yeah. I, I wanted to play. I you know, I couldn't train all week and then not not have a game or yeah, you yeah. know, that that was, my whole job is to play football. And if I can't do that, it was I couldn't sit there and do nothing. Um and I I just didn't like it. So I had a really good chat with Bilic and he didn't want me to leave. But in the last sort of moment, I think it was about two hours before the window closed, um, I had a call from Norwich to say that they wanted to take me just on loan. Um, obviously, for me, it was going to be, I'd be playing. Uh, it was like a new lease of life for me. It was a great, you know, for them, they would, they, it was a great club. Mm. Um, and I, I just, I spoke to Bilic and, in the end, it was just like, yeah, I'd, I'd had a couple of years left on my contract at West Ham. So I was like, I'm just going to go there on loan and, mm. you know, have a good season in and come back and try and get back in the team. Um, mm. And that that was the plan. Um, so I went to Norwich and it was it was brilliant. Oh, what, what a dream start for me. You know, I literally signed with about 10 minutes to spare with the window. Uh, went straight up there and then played on these, the weekend against Bournemouth at home scored we won 3-1 and it was just mm. amazing I scored in my second game and you're just thinking this is this is well, fantastic decent yeah <laughs> yeah and then unfortunately for me I <laughs> decided to to block tackle Yaya Torre and then it all just went wrong and <laughs> there on end uh, it's, uh, it was a bit of a nightmare yeah the um, big boy so <laughs> you mentioned you signed on deadline day and I, I had a question um what was your most stressful transfer? Was that it? Was that it? Have you ten minutes to go? Would you have to tell your wife, like, I'm or girlfriend at the one, time, or partner, I'm going to Norwich? Like, one hundred percent the most, one hundred percent the most stressful because it's just like you know how it is. I was like every other person. I was sat on this my sofa watching Sky Sports News. Yeah, yeah. I was, I, I had no, I didn't know anything about it. Mm. I was sat there just watching, not expecting anything, and then I get the call, and then I was like, right. So then it's like you, like still then. It was like a fax, or mm. you have to sign a yeah, sign yeah. the document, print it out, sign it, scan it all back. <laughs> and I didn't have one. In my house, <laughs> yeah. so I was, I was like, my missus was at work, so I was calling calling her like, "Can I come there and use the fax machines?" I was already driving <laughs> there. Anyway, theirs wasn't working, so I was like, "What the hell am I going to do?" So I, I li- <laughs> literally, I, I went around my next door neighbour at the time, is an American lady. And um, I, I like banging on the door, and she's like, I was like, "Can can I use your printer?" She was like, "Yeah, yeah." And then I was going on there, and I was just like, "Do you, do you know how to use this?" And she was like, oh. <laughs> "And I was like, oh my god, this is so important. Like, it's got to be done." Um, and then I was trying to scan this wall thing, print it all off, and I'd done it with about ten minutes to spare. And then because you you then get like if you get the documents in, you then get like another two hours, I think, right. to to finish it off. So I had to, I was literally, my missus was still at work and I was like sat there, my next door neighbor going, can I just sort of start, I just got to finish this sort of, I was sat there like for another two hours, just sorting it all out. And then my missus come home and I was just like, right, I've um, got to pack the car up and I'm, I'm driving up to Norwich. And I was like, yeah, just, to just like that. So she, she went to, she went to work, she come back and I've gone to Norwich. It was, <laughs> it was ridiculous. So yeah, I suppose that yeah. one would have been the most stressful. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, during your career did you ever have any offers about going abroad or, or opportunities like that you looked at or just didn't fa- or just didn't materialize for whatever reason 
To be honest, um, I never wanted to. I always wanted to just play in the best league in the world, which was the Premier League. Um, mm. When I then thought about it, potential was right at the end when I'd had all my injuries and I probably missed the boat um, mm. and opportunities weren't really there. And and again, I was I, I just had such a bad couple of years that I ended up wanting to just go and enjoy myself playing football and the opportunity came up to move back home and and to to play local was mm. was too too good for me to turn down um looking back now do i think yeah, maybe but the possibility to go abroad but at the same time my whole focus was to play in the best league in the world which was the premier league and that was my whole yeah. intention um and what i wanted to do um and obviously the injuries didn't didn't help a little bit on that, no, but no. but um, yeah, everything everything happens for a reason. Yeah, yeah definitely. You, you mentioned that opportunity to move back home. Was that um, that was the the move to to Walsall, wasn't it? During your injuries, did you sort of fall out of love a bit with football, or just get a bit frustrated, and then that was your sort of like safe haven to go back there, and you fell back in love a bit again? Is that? Um, Sort of. I mean, the Walsall was, that's not moving back home. I'm down south. That was Woking, wasn't it? That was Woking. Yeah, yeah. but Walsall was was brilliant for me. Absolutely brilliant. I had a horrendous, horrendous time with injury. um, And my whole sort of perspective of of life, I suppose, had had sort of changed on that. Me and my wife had our son, uh, our first, and... Um, she was sort of back down south most of the time. I was up in Norwich on my own. I missed out mm. a lot of of my son sort of growing up in the early years um, because I was. We made a decision that I, you know, I needed to concentrate on trying to get fit, um, and so I was up there on you know on my own most of the time um, to to try and get fit. And and my whole objective was to get back playing and. And it had to, it had to be worth it. That was my biggest thing. You know, all of mm. these sacrifices you make, it had to be worth it at the end of the day. And you know, Norwich offered to pay me up a year and a half money, and I, I said no because mm. I, I didn't want, I didn't want the money. It wasn't about the money. I wanted to play. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I needed to to get myself back fit. I needed to to make this whole process worthwhile. So when I eventually did get fit. Um, the opportunity to go to Walsall came and speaking to Daniel Farker, who, again, I had a brilliant relationship with, um, again, said that he didn't want me to go. But at the same time, they were flying. Norwich were flying mm. at the top of the championship. Um, so he was like, I can't really you know, just get you in the team because everyone's mm. doing well. So I was like, absolutely. Um, and he said, I think you should go and I want you to stay as a as a player. But as a person, I think you should go and play some games and get back to playing and and for me that was it I went on loan to Walsall and just for me it was the first game we played um, I played Bolton away it was in a cup game Um, and that just the feeling of walking out onto the pitch is something that you just miss Um, Mm. and that that whole it was amazing and within the first 10 minutes of the game I'd already got an assist I kind of side put a great crossing and mm. and uh, cookie scored um and it was just that 
Feel just, that buzz, yeah, yeah, it was just it was just like yes, this is this is why I I sacrificed yeah. everything for the last couple of years because it was just amazing. Um, even though we lost the game, I had two assists in my first game back. I did night pretty much nearly ninety minutes, and I was just like, this is what it's all about. Um, so that was a really really humbling, amazing experience for me. Um, and then after that was then when I had the opportunity to sort of move back home and play mm. locally with with Woking and. And it, that's all I wanted to do was just yeah. play football uh, and and enjoy that again after you know the the, the last few years of struggle. Mm, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm again. Some listeners. I've got a, a very close friend who's a who follows Aldershot, so he he knows Aldershot woke in the, the rivalry there. But I don't know how he got on personally against Aldershot, but I'm sure he'd be listening. <laughs> Yeah, ups and downs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Tate, I don't know if you've got anything more on the sort of career of Matt Jarvis. Or... No, I think we've covered a lot, actually. Yeah. Move on to the re- retired life. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like you said earlier about your golf and your gym and things like that. Is that, like you said, is that something you really want to push for? You obviously get better at golf and just enjoy your family and all the time I off. think... I think you know the the biggest thing is you know we haven't we've now got two kids um we've got a six year old now and a, and a two year old little girl um mm. and you know as I say and being able to be at home now is 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 amazing um obviously COVID sort of happened either in in the right time or or something for me personally um I was just just got back playing again at Woking and then COVID happened and then. You know, I, I feel like the whole journey of retirement, it's it sort of, it, I didn't just finish and stop. I'd sort of finished at Norwich, then did part-time, then COVID happened, then did mm. part-time and then sort of retired. So I feel yeah. like I had like a bit of a process to sort of get my head around. Yeah, what was going to happen basically. Yeah, which, yeah, which, which yeah. you never, as a player, you never think you're going to retire. Yeah. I know it sounds silly, but you never do. Um, so when you have to actually do it is is extremely difficult, but it was amazing to be able to be at home with with my family and spend that time which I'd missed out on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to to obviously now, um, you know, once they're at school or or whatever, I'm able to have a bit of time to myself yeah. and go in the gym and play some mm-hmm. golf and and obviously now I do the media. Yeah. Uh, and punditry side which is awesome I mean if I can't play there's nothing better than talking about it um, yeah exactly uh, and, and I really enjoy that side of things which is which is good and hopefully continue to to do as much as that as possible after again we've done some digging and some research but um so like you said you, you experienced football you have had all these probably media training throughout your career and now you're into punditry and all the rest of it but if I can take you back to the I found a FA interview after your England appearance when you're obviously a much younger, maybe a less inexperienced player. But did you feel more nervous doing that interview, or was you more nervous stepping out onto the pitch? If you remember that interview no, at de- all, definitely, <laughs> def- def- definitely the interview. I had to, it was when <laughs> you, you get asked to go up and everyone's in mm. front of you and asking questions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's nerve wracking for sure yeah. because I, unfortunately. You, you learn very quickly uh, if you say anything out of line or anything that's just you know on the border yeah, it just yeah. gets it gets <clears throat> manipulated it gets mm. it gets taken out of context so you you're constantly trying to think of 
of the correct thing to yeah. say yeah, all the definitely. time. But it, you know, that's that's everything that comes with yeah. it, and it's I wouldn't ever change that. It's just um, just trying to get yourself <laughs> out of trouble. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. <laughs> now we're learning too with this podcast as well, aren't we, Jack? Yeah, <laughs> trying, trying to get better. <laughs> um, so obviously, since you've been retired, you've um, got yourself involved in a lot of ambassador roles and um, for charities and other like your your coaching things you're doing. Would you like to talk talk us through some of them and how they came about and your passions yes. for them? Yeah, so um, I'm involved in a it's family FC. It's called. It's a football app that's for well, it's for families really. Um, there's loads of different things that are coaching apps and all of that, but this one's to the whole process of it is to spend time with you with your kids or and mm-hmm. it could be a parent it could be a aunt uncle grandparent um and it all runs alongside the school curriculum and it's got all different drills and exercises and you only need a football and a few cones and a little bit of space and it just helps you and it's spend time only 20 minutes you know so you know a lot of these a lot of kids these days you you, you just you don't have the time to to go outside and spend a bit of time to with, with mm. family and, and friends. So this this is trying to get everyone together and and, uh, and also obviously have the the football as the, as the focus and the exercise and through the curriculum and everything. It's from ages four to twelve, so you've got a good good age range there to to go and um, and and enjoy spending time together, but learning football as well. Mm. Um, and then um, I've done um, I've been on the. I've been a sports ambassador for the Prince's Trust and the British Heart Foundation for oh, over 10 years now. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, is that how you got involved in, well, whilst you're still playing? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I think it was, I was at Wolves um, quite early on at Wolves when I, when I got involved in that. And it's, it's, it's an amazing, amazing, both mm. of them um, causes the, I've been out to workshops and done events and evenings. It's just incredible. The work that some people do. Yeah. Um, and I've just only recently last, well, this week, last week, uh, Bobby, uh, Bobby Coffin, uh, Coffin mm-hmm. Foundation. I've, um, I've recently gone on board as an ambassador and, you know, he's had to retire early. Um, and a lot of the foundation is, is based around mental health, um, which is a huge, huge mm. thing, uh, you know, in, in the world, let alone just mm. in football. But, um, you know, I've, I've experienced some difficult times when I've yeah, been definitely. injured. Um, and the foundation is, is, is a, something that I wanted to be when I got asked to be a part of it was, was a, it was a no brainer for me. It's, it's mm. something that I, I, I definitely feel passionately about. And, and I think the whole world is, is turning and changing yeah. and being able to, yeah. to talk and be open with, with people is, is definitely is, is going in the right direction. Yeah. Do you um, think this, just on that, sorry, that on that story I've read about the Bobby Coffin is an incredible story. And obviously your ambassador role, but do you think in football it's slightly has been neglected for far too long and you obviously something you want to change maybe? Yeah. The, the, the problem, there's a fine balance in that because mm. yeah, I understand, you know, yeah, coming out and saying different bits and pieces uh, are people going to like managers especially mm. a, a team is going to be put off by you coming out and say oh well, actually I don't maybe I don't really want to sign him or, or play him or you know do this but we, which it shouldn't be the case but that's mm. that's the worry I think with players um, for coming out and, 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 and exposing sort of something from themselves that 
that they think could be a weakness. Um, you know, th- there's so much that's coming out recently. You know, even like with Jesse Lingard and Paul Pogba are all about it. And, you know, just because you're paid lots of money, you, that your expectation levels are extremely high. Um, yeah. and you know you're only you're only human you all go through the same struggles mm-hmm. um and obviously because they get paid a lot of money it, it, it's it magnified isn't it yeah. yeah yeah so you know definitely there's everyone not just footballers this is there's everyone so i think definitely it's going in the right direction but there's loads of work to be done And then you're involved with a few others, aren't you? With the, is it Dylan Tombide, obviously the, the ex-West Ham? Yeah, that's right. Um, unfortunately, passed away with testicular cancer. Mm. Um, I, I, I see the family um, when I do my ambassador roles as well and incredible what they do. Um, mm. And, you know, it's, it's not a sort of an easy subject, I suppose. Oh, of course, but yeah. They make, you know, they try to make, you know, it's very obviously very serious, but they try to make it lighthearted. And when they're going in to see the players and talk about it, 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 it's just trying to break the ice a little bit. And they're so good. And it's such a great charity. And, and obviously the memory of, of Dylan as well. And I was, I was actually, I, I, I played with him when he, when oh, I was right. there. So, um, yeah. yeah, so it's, it's quite, you know, it's, it's quite personal, I suppose. As yeah, well. yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's cool. Oh, like you said, you're, yeah. And people listening and those at home and, and we've got, I'm sure we've got um, families that listen with it. They've got little boys and girls that can get involved with uh, fam- yeah. team family. App. Um, but yeah, like you said, they're brilliant initi- initiatives you're part of and, and different roles that you lead yeah. now. So yeah, it's good good to hear about it and good to discuss, really. We'll drop all them links and descriptions in there in the bio for everyone to have a check yeah. out after the podcast as well, for everyone to have a look at. Yeah, amazing. Um, I think that's pretty much all rounded up. I think we've, we've covered really lots. Um, yeah. we've, we'll, we'll end on the teaser, if you can remember the oh, question. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, will re- I will repeat it. Um, have you, unless you've got anything else to add, Jack? Uh, no, yeah, just that I'm a, I'm a massive Spurs fan. I remember you scoring against us <laughs> in the, in oh, the yes. League Cup at the, the cup. time. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. What a day. <laughs> not, not for yeah. you, but what no, for yeah. us. Oh, wow. yeah, a terrible night for myself, but yeah, it felt like it was about 40,000 West Ham fans there, but yeah, my yeah, ego scored was, the winner. Yeah, incredible, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, for us, amazing experience. Yeah. yeah. It's always an interesting dynamic in the studio because Jack's, <laughs> Jack's diehard Spurs and I'm diehard Arsenal. So. Yeah. <laughs> Last it's week very was... difficult. Yeah. Last week was <laughs> yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's all, it's all good fun, though. But if we, we revert back to the teaser. Matt, you played for Wolves and West Ham in your in your career, but can you name the two other players that have played for both clubs in the modern era? You said one came to mind straight away. Yeah, I think I might have potentially two, but I definitely got one. Any I, idea, I, Jack? I, no, that's why we got Matt on. To answer this have you got you got none? Ah, oh, I don't. Uh, think, well, Wolves, yeah, give, Wolves, West Ham. I give you, I give you. Um, he's a striker. Tate, is that right? You'll you'll <laughs> you'll know prob- you'll know probably more from West Ham days. Used to also play for Nottingham Forest. This is bad. I'm baffled. I'm, this is yeah. My record's all right at these questions, but not today. Oh, Under pressure. Put, put Matt is misery, Matt. <laughs> yeah. It's Marlon Harewood. 
Yes, oh, correct. No, it's never, never getting him. Is and, is the other one um, also a striker in um, similar era? I've got, a cent- I've got a centre back. Okay, okay. Hmm. I'm just wondering. I, I can't remember if um, Colton Cole played for Wolves at some point. I think he might have. Hmm. Um, check your, check your, and, and this, my my, my <laughs> research could be wrong. <laughs> yeah. Centre back. Um, centre back. He only played for West Ham for a little bit though. I will. It was a January signing, but mainly Wolves player. In sort of my generation? I, yeah. I, th- I think you missed him on both times. He may have played him oh. at, the end, at the end of your career. Oh. Mm. You, you would have played for him at West Ham, though, I believe, I think, for the January. Oh, yeah, got it. I know. <laughs> uh, I don't know, so I'll just let, I'll okay. let Matt take, also, take the lead. Is it also, also played for Birmingham? Yes, correct. Oh, okay. Yes, I'm with He's you. got two sleeves, I think, covered in tattoos. Yeah, I'm going to go, if you don't mind, is it Roger Johnson? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yes. <laughs> the I did one, play at yeah. both, actually. Oh, did, did you? play at Wolves and at West Ham, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Very good. Well. Perfect. Yeah, we'll that's how we look. Like to... one. Yeah, we'll have to look. Yes, no, we'll check that. <laughs> but no, yeah, Matt, that's been brilliant. Absolute, Absolute pleasure. pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for thank you. coming on and yeah. giving us the yeah. opportunity to talk to you. Yeah, thank you for giving us yeah. two hours of your time, or an hour and a half of your time. I know, yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolute no. pleasure. No problem at all. Pleasure. All right. Right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Take care. Cheers. Thank you. See you Cheers later. Bye-bye.